I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wait, wait a second. Did you not notice that the spaceship was just a folded up DS? What? And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! And welcome to the 335th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my excellent co-hosts, Bozifus, and a very sickly Viger. And as always, we are here to bring you the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that was invented in 1945 as the 32nd flavor of ice cream at Baskin-Robbins. However, since it was 32, they had to cut one out, and Puckle was unfortunately the flavor that they decided to ditch. So we got sloppy seconds. Yay, sloppy seconds. Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're old. We, of course, have a show lined up for you guys today. We are your one-stop shop for everything Pokemon from the TCG to the video game to my Pokemon Ranch. We talked a lot about that in the past. I don't know how far you guys went back into the back catalog ever, but we like were on a my Pokemon Ranch kick forever, and I don't know why. Because it was awesome. That's why. You got all those freaking parades. You could get a Mew. There was the Camp Look-See people that were all hideous, um, <laughs> and it was me's. And every time you imported, you had a hot air balloon spaceship come in and import your Pokemon and export them, which was awesome. Did I mention well, the parades? What was worse was the hot air balloon ship that you're talking about was definitely it's just a like hot a air balloon DS spaceship with like a with like a laser thing that like transfers your Pokemon from the Wii to the DS. It was awesome. If you had diamond, it was blue, and if you had a pearl, it was pearl. Wait, wait a second. Did you not notice that the spaceship was just a folded up DS? What? Did I just blow your Pokemon Ranch mind right now? Ranch. I'm, I got to lower this page on on what I was researching to, to look <laughs> this up now. Spaceship. I I feel like I've blown your mind, and I'm okay with that. That's the Hindenburg. That's not right. <laughs> Wait, just trust me. Trust me on this I one. Just, it's just, just a, it's just a DS. Image searched my Pokemon Ranch spaceship. <laughs> And what does it come up with? It comes up with a folded up. It comes 3D up with a bunch or... of Lego sets for spaceships. 
Oh my Ooh, gosh. I can see where that's coming from. So you're just see, done right I now. See a, I see a giant light pink ball. Well, there's a balloon, but the thing that it carries, like the silver thing underneath, is just the original oh, DS that, fat. Oh, that thing that it's conveniently not showing me. Well, it totally yeah. is. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad that I could blow your mind today. So this Ow. that's the end of the show. Uh, that's <laughs> and, that's all uh, this is. Thank you very much. We'll catch you guys on the flip flop. Uh, hooves yeah. and smell you later. Uh, yeah, a solid, a solid <laughs> three minute episode this week. So. <laughs> that is bananas. I never once knew that. Yeah, I I can't believe you haven't noticed that ever because you you're the person that I would think would notice that kind of stuff. Right, like I I do. I pick up on those things a lot. Wow, I'm amazed. Okay. Well. Good job, Thatch. I got one on you, Bo. I got one on holder, you. Holder of all the niche nostalgic knowledge to your heart's content. That nobody wants except for both of us. <laughs> 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 all right. So other than looking up my Pokemon Ranch stuff, what have you guys been up to lately? Um, <laughs> so you guys are going to hate me. Oh, boy. I talked about this on Game Corner, too. Um... I'm playing a blue Nuzlocke. Yeah, okay. how's that going? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's oh, it's just like the last every time I've been on the podcast, I'm like I'm playing Gen One. So to be fair, like I'm still in a yellow Nuzlocke right now. I, I still I'm still in a diamond Nuzlocke. I haven't gone back. I'm still in a fire red Nuzlocke. Ultra Sun yet? Uh, oh god! You haven't wait. You haven't beaten Ultra Sun yet. Now that's a problem because it's eight. Yeah. You need to okay. Get... But here's here's the thing. I only play the blue on my phone, and it's usually only when I'm like either pooping or I'm on my lunch break and I'm bored. Okay, so again, like it's April. It's been five months. You should play Ultra Sun. Where are you in board? I'm blue Nuzlocke I'm... and your Ultra Sun playthrough. Um. My Nuzlocke, I'm about to hit Rock Tunnel, and then Ultra Sun, I'm not, I don't remember. I think I've just beat the fifth trial. So to be fair, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon kind of suck until you get to Island 4. Dude, okay, so I played through Sun right before the game came yep. out, thinking thinking that I'm like, oh, this will be great, I'll have it fully refreshed, I'll have everything done, and then I'm just going and doing the same stuff over again. Wash, like, rinse, and repeat. I can't. That was my problem with Oraz. <laughs> Because I was well, like, no, it, oh, I'll it, play Ruby and Sapphire. And then I was like, oh. You get to the Delta episode in that. Yeah. Which I did finally better. do, by the way. I did. Thanks, I Ethan. finally beat Oraz. Like, what, three years later now? Two and a half years later? Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I think you should just get to Island 4. Because Island 4 is where all the fun stuff happens. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could power through it. Like, the whole story changes in Island 4. And you should absolutely just go do it. Okay. Because like up in like Island Three, I agree with you. It's just Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon with some new wild Pokemon. That's all it is. Yeah. And then you get to Island Four, and then things start to shake up. The story starts to change. You get some cool Ultra Recon stuff, and it's it's a lot of fun. So if they would have just like sold that as DLC, it would have been fine. I'm going to an Earth Day event after this, but we'll see. I might bring my DS to that. Oh man. I just wanted to make friends because I haven't made any friends since I moved nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made I made one friend and we're dating. So <laughs> progress. Are you going to the Pokemon Go Earth Day event? Uh, totally not. Yeah, that's tomorrow, but it's fine. So no, I work all day tomorrow. <laughs> what about you, Viger? What have you What have you been up to? 
Oh, crap. Uh, Force overtime at work, but that's neither here nor there. It's <laughs> just because of scheduling issues. Yeah. Getting my rear end handed to me in Sea of Thieves because I think that game just hates me. It's like, I was in the tech alpha. I should deserve a little bit more treatment with this, but whatever. <laughs> uh, struggling to find news worthy enough to talk about. The usual shtick there. And I've got some stuff that just came out the other day, actually. Yeah, I think you'll find of course, interesting. the other day, which is the day after my yeah. deadline. But <laughs> same song and dance as usual. But other than that, not really much else in the grand scheme of things for dear old Viger over here, except that I'm sick with a cold. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, hopefully you get better. But don't breathe on me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been doing a few things. Uh, one thing I did uh, that I'm doing that I never thought I would be doing in Pokemon, I guess, uh, that in that sense is I've been laddering on the Uber tier on Showdown. I never thought I'd ever do that because really? the Uber. Yeah, be, well, so I built an Uber team because on stream there's a lot of kids that try to battle me, and I want to have a team of Ubers because they like to bring you know Mewtwo and stuff like that, and oh, yeah. I, I wanted to be able to play Ubers with them so they could go all out, right? Without okay. feeling like they're breaking rules or something like that. And so I built an Uber's team and I'm just like, oh, I'll just start laddering on the ladder. And I I need to sit down with it a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure I can like crack top 500. <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. Like I, I feel as confident with Uber's now as I do with Little Cup. Just Oh, really? Yeah, I know, right? I used to be actually, I was top 100 for a little while in Little Cup. So, Dang. Yeah. Okay. And I, I feel pretty confident with Uber's now. Uh, just mostly because I was playing it for like the first couple of matches, I had no idea what speed tiers were because I don't know if a alternate Krosma is faster than a primal Groudon. I have no idea. I, I literally have no idea of any of their speed tiers because I've never played with any of these Pokemon. Right. They're the ones that you put in the box and keep until you need to transfer them up for your next Pokedex. Exactly, Very and that's much. that's the big thing. The other <laughs> thing we've been working on is we're we've almost finalized everything for PuckleCon. Almost finalized everything. Uh, I finally got the lease in my hands, so we need to Yay. finalize a couple of other things. We need to we need to one get insurance for the event, which is something I didn't realize we would need. So that kind of drives off the cost a little bit, and uh, we'll have we have a schedule that I think everybody's happy with. I think we're going to try it anyway, see what happens, and uh, hopefully it works out because we actually have like side events planned this year instead of last year where we're just like, hey, we should have side events, and then none of them happened, and so. Right now we're in like the planning. We're still in some planning stages in terms of like getting staff to staff things and stuff like that. But I'm hoping for a good turnout this year. A lot of people have said they're coming this year. That way more than last year. I'm blown away right. every year by the number of people that are like, "Yeah, I'm coming this year." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that I sounded that exciting." But that's great. Uh, I I mean, if you're willing to come, uh, more, you're more than welcome to. I'm going to say this three times this show. Once in this segment, once in the next segment, and once at the end of the show. But PuckleCon this year is going to be in Dayton, Ohio, July 21st and 22nd. PuckleCon is the annual get-together of uh, all of Puckle. And we're going to try to do it. Uh, we, have, we have a really good schedule this year. I'm really happy with how we actually schedule things out. And we have side events planned. We actually have a live podcast planned that if you come, you can actually be a part of. Because I really want to make sure, because PuckleCon's growing. Last year, I felt really bad. We couldn't have everybody on the show last year. And I want to make sure that we can have everybody on the show this year in some fashion. I don't think it's going to be like we've done in the past where everybody sits in a room together and we all yell at a Yeti microphone. 
and pass the stick around. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, I think it's going to be more of like a panel with the host. Like people can come up and bring up conversation topics for us or just ask one of us a specific question or something like that. Yeah. And I think that would be a really good way to do it. So I I think that would be a fun episode. I'm still working out logistics for streaming too. I don't know if we're going to do that or not yet. Uh, because internet is a thing that you have to purchase. So, yeah, that's a thing that costs money. Yep. So we're gonna. Well, I guess this is a good place to quit. We're gonna kick it on over to the news, though. We've got some excellent news to talk about. So let's cue that epic music. <laughs> Radio Tower. This just in. And onto the news, and I want to start it with the biggest piece of news that I think is personally interesting from everything that's come out in the past week, and that is that Pokemon, uh, Pokemon the company TPCI, has just registered a new trademark for what is called Ultra Shiny in Japanese. I think that's really interesting. Uh, we don't know anything about the context about what it can be used for, whether it could be used for the TV show or the cards or the games or merchandise or what. But I just thought that was really interesting that we're finally getting some kind of other um, we're getting some kind of trademark because this is where we kind of have to sit and watch now for the next year and a half because Pokemon on the Switch isn't going to come out until 2019. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I'm saying right now. And I hope I'm wrong. But you know what, guys? A, a broken clock. Prove that's wrong. Prove that wrong. Yeah, we gotta keep my we gotta keep my record strong here, guys. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm really expecting, man. The one thing that I think would be icing on the cake to happen in the future is just to have Diamond and Pearl remakes announced in like the next month, and then just watch the Pokemon community go freaking nuts. I'd be down with that <laughs> for the for the for the Diamond and Pearl remakes, not the whole going nuts bit. Well, they'll they'll lose their minds because they're going to be like, well, I thought Pokemon on the Switch was happening. And it's just like, well, only because you guys whined about it after Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were announced. <laughs> yep. I mean, Nintendo said the 3DS is going to keep going strong into 2019. Yeah, but they did they did also say that Auras would be the last 3DS Pokemon game as well, yeah. didn't they? Uh, Ultra Sun, you mean? So none or of yeah, those Ultra are Sun. none of I these mean. are true. I didn't, none of these yeah, are true. We talked about this before. Yeah, none of that's true. I, I a lot of people remember this interview where they where supposedly they said that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the last games on the 3DS. No, that's interpolation of what they said. What they said was uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the accumulation of all of our work on the 3DS. Ah, uh, and so it's, it's like the like, high point. It's the high point, but it doesn't mean you can't go any higher, right? Yeah, and. So it's like saying I'm the mm-hmm. highest I've ever been, but you still have three steps to go, right? And right, it, it it's not something I would take as oh the Pokemon's done on the 3ds. No, it's everybody who wants it on the Switch saying Pokemon's done on the 3ds. Come to the Switch now, please. And that that's the problem. You have a group of people who are, I mean, I'd, I'd say the true Pokemon fans, not true Pokemon fans. That's a really mean way to say it. I would say they're called they're called Puckle Podcast members. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have people like like the listeners to the show and the members of our community and who are, I would say, we'll, we'll call them for pun incredibly intended, ultra Pokemon fans. And uh-huh. we'll call them ultra Pokemon. They're the people that are like watching the news. They'll buy any Pokemon game that ever exists. And then you've got the casual Pokemon fan like Bo and 
I buy them all. I did, I did not buy. I did not buy Detective Pikachu. I did not buy Detective Pikachu. Neither either. did I. Oh, so whoa! Step off, bro! Hypocrite! Oh man, I was just making <laughs> a joke. Ultra, you know what I'm wearing right now? I'm wearing girls' um, Snorlax sleeping pants because I wanted them because they were Snorlax. Also, they're super soft. Bo, that just okay. tells me you're a Gen One-er. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I wrote an article. About if I can throw that. something at you, boy. <laughs> can't, can't throw 230 miles. It's more than 230, I think. It's something more like 600. Not you, 600. You that's a lie. The entire, the entire like nation, entire world know that. I, I guessed. I, I just threw a number out there. Come on, man. <laughs> I just remember because I just drove there. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh, you did though. Uh, and so, and you'll be driving here in a few months. It's going to be crazy. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll high five again. It'll be great. Uh, no. Then you have you have back back to what I was talking about. You have the people though that are just they're the casual Pokemon fans that just play the game and they're done with them after they're done pl- doing their playthrough. They're not the people that do the after. Like they they're not the people that do Nuzlocks and then the people that'll go and play in the competitive scene. You just have these people and those are the people That's that are sort of like I, me. I think those are the vocal majority of people though that are like. I want Pokemon on the Switch. They are not the voc- they are not the what I would almost say is probably the majority of Pokemon players who are just like I'll buy everything and no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So I you're just going to see if a Diamond and Pearl remake does get announced before the Pokemon on the Switch Pokemon Switch game gets announced, you're just going to see a massive outcry from this very vocal minority of players who are just like but Pokemon on the Switch, man. And it's just like sorry that the Switch is still selling incredibly well even without this title. So it's it's one of those things. I'm more or less just curious what kind of Pokemon game is going to be on the Switch aside from Pokemon Tournament. An ultra shiny one. Maybe. Uh, from, this, Maybe. from this name. I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, I bet I feel like shiny is a, a TCG property. That's Honestly, my guess. Honestly, I, I agree like with you it. entirely. It sounds like I, a TCG prop. It honestly sounds like a new rarity for like the Pokemon cards. Oh, you think so? I I don't yeah. think. Why would they need to copyright that though? I don't think they need to, but they I don't. I think I think it'd probably be like. Uh, but they could the next they could be using line, it like as Star like or GX. Well, they could be kind of using it, kind of like the Prism Star cards, you know, because they, they probably had a trademark Prism Star. I don't know. I'm not a trademark lawyer, and yeah, I don't know. I, I could see them having He's to trademark something like Prism card. Yeah, I'm a scientist, not a not a trademark lawyer. Uh, but there's a Prism Star card. And there's a uh, – so maybe it's something like that where it's just like this is an ultra shiny card. It's just like – and it's chocolately – chocolate uh, – chocolate, I messed up the joke. Um, chocolatey goodness. Yeah. I was trying to make a, make a Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged reference and it just I failed. saw that. I saw that yeah. coming. And I was just like, <laughs> which one are you doing? It's like you better yeah. not be doing the one I think you're doing. And you didn't. So I was like, okay, All good. All right. <laughs> We're going to move into other news. Uh, if you live in the U.S., you need to go to Target today when the show comes out because now you can go get your Raikou slash Entei, depending on which Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon game you have. Um, you'll whichever you can go to Target to get the code card only from the 22nd to the 29th of April. It's absurd, but you get a gold bottle cap, and that's probably the only reason to go get this. Uh, so definitely go out and get that right away. Uh, the next Pokemon Go Community Day was announced, which is Charmander on May 19th. So if you want shiny Charizard, you can go get it on May 19th. And I'm guaranteeing that the move that it gets, the special move that they do for these community days, is Blast Burn on Charizard. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. 
probably what's going to happen. I mean, it, these pr- events are getting pretty predictable. I do like them, though. It's really nice that, like, every month there's some kind of cool, like, Pokemon Go event now. I'm a big fan. They got to yeah. make up for it for that one huge community day debacle that they did. No, that wasn't even community day. That was whatever. What I forget what they called that. That was awful though. Last summer where they tried to do go in, the Pokemon Go Fest. It was Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, it coincided with our la- last uh, PuckleCon. Yep. And ours was way more successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, right? Because it actually worked. <laughs> All and right. I stringed like eight jokes. <laughs> <laughs> It's on oh the dock. All right. So the next, uh, the next piece of news is if you want to play in the Ultra Kalos Classic, which is coming up next weekend, registration is now open. The Ultra Kalos Classic is where you can only use Pokemon in the Kalos Pokedex, except for obvious legendaries. Um, but you can go ahead and sign up for that right now. The battles are it's single battles too, so it's three v three. And they also make it goes, a point to say no Alolan forms or Ash Greninja as well. Yes. Yes, they do. And if you play in it, you'll get 50 battle points, which is absolutely nothing now that Mantine Surf exists. Yay. Yay, everybody. <laughs> All right. Like, what were you saying, Bob? All right. Oh, I was just saying it's like unless you absolutely cannot stand playing mini games, and you're like, no, I will earn my, <laughs> I will earn every battle point that I all right, and so finally, I said I was going to say this three times this show. This is time number two. PuckleCon is happening in Dayton, Ohio, July 21st through 22nd in the Dayton, Ohio Convention Center. Come and say hi to me, maybe Bo. Uh, if you, you don't have Bo. to say hi to Bo. Oh, no, no, you me. can like, throw rocks at me and stuff. <laughs> you, you, could th- you can say hi to Viger. I, you don't have to to Bo, though. Um, and then it's in room 306 of the Dayton Convention Center in Dayton, Ohio. So definitely, if you want to come out and hang out with us, uh, we'll be more than happy to have you. We're going to have a bunch of Pokemon events going on, and we're hoping that this could be kind of the, the grounds to set up and grow the event even further. So I'm really excited for this year and see how it plays out. So uh, check out for the schedule. The schedule, I'm hoping, will be up by the end of the week on our Discord server. Uh, you can get links to that in the show notes down below if you haven't already. If you do want to come to that, though, it'll be a blast. I am hoping that we have a great turnout just so that we can keep the event growing every year. Because we haven't seen it slow down yet, and that scares me a little bit, but at the same time, it's really exciting. <laughs> so that's where we're going to wrap up the news. We're going to kick on, change gears, and go into Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. This is the part of the show where we have five questions that we're going to ask both Bo and Viger. They're going to operate as a team trying to answer these questions, and they will receive one point per question they get correct. They do have one hint that they can use on any question that they desire. However, if they get all the questions correct and do not use the hint, they can cash the hint in for an extra point. On top of that, they can also use, uh, they also have a bonus point question where they can try to get a maximum possible total of seven points. They are playing against the rest of the co-host on the podcast and are raised to 30 uh, points on the leaderboard. Uh, both uh, Viger and Bosefiz ha- are not even on the board yet, so they they have a little ways to go. 
But honestly, we just started this ladder. So I think the top player is only at like 10 points. So you guys aren't too far behind. Those coasters are just out of reach every single time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not coasters this time. Uh, So this time it's any plush from PokemonCenter.com under $20. You can have your choice of Pokemon plush under $20 from PokemonCenter.com. That's what you're playing for here, guys. All right. So if you guys are ready, I will ask you the first question. Let's do this. Hold on. I need to blow my nose. (laughs) Go for it, though. I'm listening. (laughs) All right. Question number one is what genderless Pokemon is capable of learning the move Captivate? Genderless? Genderless. Genderless. That's That's Cryogonal. Or is that Charm that it knows? One of those, like, gender-specific, like, uh, moves Cryogonal can learn, but it can't use it because it's genderless. Huh. I don't know if it's actually Captivate. I feel like it is because Charm can work regardless of which gender it's being applied to. Right, it's just But Captivate needs to be that of the opposite. Female to male, male to female. But since Cryogonal's... Because I, I remember just like a funny little meme or whatever on Twitter. It's just like, oh, these Pokemon can learn Captivate, but Cryogonal can and it's genderless and doesn't do anything. What the heck? I, remember, there is a are, difference, remember there is a what? difference between the moves Captivate and Attract. That is all I will leave you with. I forgot about Attract. <sighs> well, I trust memes. I trust memes. I just don't know if I trust your memory of memes. Yeah, that <laughs> do, was do you remember several, if it was attract or captivate? That was several years ago. My memory's a little fuzzy right now because okay. it's full of mucus and snot. But that's neither here nor there. Genderless. What else is captivate? Used to be a TM in Generation Four. Well, now you're just feeding us feeding softballs. Yeah. What's, uh, what's genderless in Gen Four? I don't even remember. Magnezone. There you go. That's yeah. it. I know Max. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know I'm this. Thinking, I'm thinking real hard here. I mean, do you want to burn the hint? Oh, wait. Duh. No. This is easy, Viger. This is so easy. It's okay. Mew. It's Mew. Is that your final answer? It's Holy my final crap, answer. Holy crap. That is actually answer. right. <laughs> that is correct. Mew wow. is the only genderless Pokemon capable of learning Captivate because it was a TM in Generation 4. And Mew's thing is that it can learn LTMs. Thanks for serving that one on a, on a platter for us. I just wanted to get you guys going pretty easy. This was a sublime question, so I can't, I can't judge you guys for getting them wrong. So that's, that's one point. Uh, this next question is also a sublime question. And he wants to know, what is the only Generation 6 Pokemon to have different Pokedex entries in X and Y and Oraz? Because for... Every other Generation 6 Pokemon, they actually went ahead and just copy and pasted the Pokedex entries from X and Y into Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Except for one. Repeat the question again. What is the only Generation 6 Pokemon to have different Pokedex entries in X and Y and in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? Okay. Only Gen 6 Pokemon have different Pokedex entries. So I'm going to give you a hint right now and just say it's not Greninja. So like Greninja's would be the same in X and Y and in Oraz, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, that example. makes sense. But one one Generation 7 Pokemon didn't do that. Six, you mean? Generation 6. Yeah, I generation apologize. 6 didn't do that. So, even if we guess, it's... No, is it just a Pokemon, or is it a line? It's a Pokemon. It's a Pokemon. 
a Pokemon that might have like gained something in Generation Six by going to Omega Ruby Alpha yeah, Sapphire. Well, stop! 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 Stop telling us it's a Mega Evolution capable one. The, the, Just I was I was being, I was getting there. I was else. the comments section is raging. The answer is Deancey. I was getting there and I didn't need the hint, but now Thatch makes me look like a dummy. Yeah. Is Deancey your final answer? Is that your final answer, Viger? Unfortunately, it is. That is unfortunately incorrect. Oh, the answer wild. is actually Hoopa. Uh, <sighs> because Hoopa got the unbound form in Generation 6 when it went to Oraz because the bottle didn't actually exist in the XY code. Hoopa unbound was only in, in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Fun fact. Uh, I totally, for whatever reason, like was a su- was like remembering Hoopa as a Gen 7 Pokemon. Good that was, like, luck. not even on my radar. Nope, I am wrong. <laughs> Magirna is what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're thinking Magirna. I always, I always remember Magirna being Gen 6, and it's not. Because it came out, like, right at the end of Gen 6, and we all thought it, well, I didn't think so, because, like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's got seven <laughs> cogs on its head. Seven. <laughs> Gen 7. Uh, but, okay, so the next question, the rest of the questions I wrote, so hopefully they're easier, but if not, they're probably not. Um, so, uh, in generation five, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Unova had a horoscope and in this horoscope, there were Pokemon for different Zodiac signs. And so I want to know what the Zodiac sign for April is in the Unova horoscope with its real life counterpart being Aries, the Ram. Hey, uh, Thatch, I'd just like to tell you how much I hate you sometimes, you know, just, just the questions that you make are just a little bit one-sided for some people who are not as in tune with the Pokemon world that, as you are, but either way, okay, let me think. What Generation 5 Pokemon would relate to Ares, the Ram? Gen 5, the Ram. would be Taurus, but Gen 5. Yeah, The Ram. Shut up. Okay, you keep saying the Ram. You're making me think of Go Goat. Which is Gen 6. That's Gen, that's six. Gen 6. Now there's a there's a there's a Taurus as one of the signs, which would be which would probably be more Bufalons. There's a Clink Clang. What? I'm just drawing a blank here. <laughs> that's not even close to a ram. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on? That's right arguably now. arguably the opposite of a ram. I am sick. That, <laughs> I just pulling my leg right now with I these questions. Realize, I didn't realize mucus affected your ability to remember. When you're sneezing your brains out left and right every time you mute the microphone, you don't know how long I've been like out of it right now. The, uh, you do have the hint still. We do have a hint, and we already messed up. Yeah, and Colin said ram, 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 ram. Ram, ram, ram. I'm going through the... Mm. What? Mm. And I just I just played white. I don't know what uh, fluffy Pokemon there are that kind of look like rams, but... And yes, stop! Bless it. Okay, well... Uh, I know the answer now because he gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's only I'm because say, I appreciate it's, it's, it's whimsicott, but we're gonna we're gonna guess something else. So Stash quits doing this. No, no, no! Don't do it! Don't guess something <laughs> oh, so else. It is the answer is whimsicott. Uh, that is correct. We're gonna say so you have to... Final answer. Well, <laughs> so whimsicott is correct. That is two points for today. <laughs> you throw me one more softball, I'm gonna drive up there and smack you today. 
Fash, I'd like to tell you that I'm just kind of a little disappointed in your podcasting hosting abilities as well as your trivia questions because it seems like you're just kind of holding your hand through us. Are you just trying to tell me that I'm stupid? Because I know no, no. at this point. <laughs> all right. So the next question is the one with the bonus point. This one I won't help you guys on at all. Uh, so Roar of Time is Dialga's signature move. Two other Pokemon actually have the ability to use Roar of Time, but they only gain the move through events. What Pokemon can use Roar of Time uh, that were distributed via event? Um, one is Darkrai. One what? for each Pokemon. One is Darkrai. One of the Darkrai's you could get from Toys R Us would give you Spatial Rend and uh, Roar of Time. Roar of Time. Um, would Mew be the other one? Just no, because... because Mew can't learn. Uh, Roar of Time's not a TM. True. You can learn all TMs, but not all, not moves. all moves. Um, <clears throat> what else roars and or does timey stuff? Actually, it might be Giratina. It might be Giratina because I have a, a vague uh, memory of Giratina having its Shadow Force and then the other two's moves also. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait. Oh, man. Okay, so I know Darkrai had it. Uh, why am I? Why am I thinking of Lucario also? I, I doubt totally, Lucario would be that. I don't think. I think he might know. Spa- no, he, you do have the hint as well. If you want the extra. yeah, I should be. I know. So it's Darkrai, and Darkrai. I'm. I'm certain. Darkrai almost has to be. No, I'm. I'm a hundred percent positive. Yeah. Darkrai is. That's, a, that's what. That's what I'm beating. He's like, yeah, of course. That that has to be it. What about? Then, oh, maybe Arceus. And there's maybe Arceus. Mm. I'm going to need an answer. Uh, you want to say Giratina or Arceus? Let's say I, Arceus. Almost have, I almost have to say Arceus because... Okay, Darkrai... Oh, Dark Arceus, like, Arceus seems like the most straightforward one. Okay, yeah, we're going to go with Darkrai and Arceus. That is correct on both accounts. Yes. That gives you a, a total of four points today. So we're going to go for five here with the last question, which is always a base stat question. And I know you guys aren't exactly the base stat type of guys, but I think you'll be able to get this one. Also, you still have the hint, so it's like free if you want it. Um, Or you could use it to count for the other hints that I kind of just handed you. Um, Yeah, we'll do that. We'll we'll do that. We'll take those two half hints that basically gave it away. (laughs) Yeah. All right, there we go. Perfect. All I'm right, so this that. next yes. this next question, I don't think it's too hard. I think you'll get this one. What is the what psychic type Pokemon has the highest base defense of all psychic type Pokemon? Base defense. I'm thinking Bronzong immediately comes to mind, or at least Ooh. some sort of psychic steel. Bronzong Metagross. It could be Mega Metagross. Mega Metagross as well. Oh wait. What about like Mega Agron? No, wait. Psych- I'm thinking psychic. Steel, not psychic. psychic. I, you, said, psychic. you said Steel. My brain was like, oh, uh. oh, oh. So, uh, ah. I'm thinking too. That answers Steelix, oh. by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Just Hold for future reference. For, fu- for future uh, game corners. Yeah. I almost have to say it almost has to be either Bronzog or. Mega oh Metagross. no! It's it's got to be. It's probably Deoxys, defense form. True. Oh man, that because 
So I know Seal's more of the defensive type, but Deoxys has a specific defensive mode. So that almost makes even more sense. I'm I'm leaning towards that. I'm sort of not because you say it like that now. I'm sort of leaning towards Deoxys as well. Okay, are you cool answer. with that? Deoxys defense form. Yes, that is correct. That gives you guys five points today. That puts you. Uh, you guys are now tied for uh, what's the what's the number? You guys are tied for third place now. Uh, if that makes you feel any better, it's a four-way tie. We're gonna have because to we just started this. To... Oh, but I was just on Game Corner, so I get a point for that. Uh, no, later. not just... until May. Not until May. Yeah. What? Yeah, because oh, Game yeah. Corner doesn't oh. come out until May. Oh, well, if we well, keep this up, yeah. Bo, we both clutched the first place tie. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't, I haven't kept up. <laughs> I haven't kept up with the other uh, with the other things, but uh, yeah, no, you're playing for a plushie. Just remember that if you really want a plushie. So. Right now, Dr. Shamu is in first place with 10 points, followed by Shocker. the fluffiest Whimsicott in second place with 9 points. Shocker. Uh, and in third place, we have Sublime, Scrawn, Bosephus, and Viger all tied for third place. And in seventh, we have Mr. Maximus with 4 points. So yeah. that is going to be it for the show, t- or not the show. That's going to be it for Puckle's game, or Puckle's Pokey Quiz. Oh my god. You're the gut here, You okay man. there, buddy? Yeah. You can right? make it? This is the Puckle Pokey Quiz. And that's going to be it for it. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to be right back at you guys with the topic. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, PucklePodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Puckalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash Puckle Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at Patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be music in Pokemon. So what I have done here today is I've selected, fu- uh, not five, seven pieces of music, one for each generation, that I found incredibly nostalgic. I figured we could discuss it. I know Bo has some things he wants to say about Junichi Basuda. I do. Uh, so I think the first generation we're going to go through is like 50s, 60s rock. Then we're going to make our way on yes. to like 70s disco. Uh, wait, no? Oh, yeah, no, we're going to start with the Beach Boys. We're going to follow that right. up okay. with uh, Peaches and Herbs. <laughs> yeah, you see you see what I did there? I can actually have make this our... discussion right now. Yeah. So it's fine. Okay, <laughs> good, good, good. And then we're just going to go into a hard like 20 minutes of Smash Mouth. <laughs> that's a that's a joke that's a joke from our chat yeah, yeah it is it's just, it's just a hard 20 minutes a hard 20 minutes of all-star on loop okay let's talk about Junichi masuda for a second because he's super awesome yeah okay go for it so in 1989 um he was just working at from what i could decipher uh just some corporate building and was approached by um tajiri to be to join game freak and he joined and of course, you know, uh, 2009, well, let's see, next year, 2019, will mark 30 years with Game Freak. So, like, he's That's been with them for a about. long time. Yeah. Um, but he did work on pieces before Pokemon, like uh, Mendel Palace in 90, Mario and Wario in 93, and both Pulseman and Drill Dozer. And he's been the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the head executive for the music of Pokemon since Red and Blue. 
uh, kind of, sort of. I think he. I don't know if he did it in Sun and Moon, because he, he might have taken a, a producer role. He. I think he's taking back seats oh, now. You're right. Yeah, but he's but he's been involved with the with the the um, composition process in every Pokemon game. Oh yes, this is true. So yeah. He, he, um, you might also know him from uh, the Masuda method, that is named after him, and. Uh-huh. Uh, Another another thing that I just thought was interesting was that uh, he was the one who revealed Diamond Dust in um, Diamond yeah. Pearl and Platinum Players. If you guys remember that, that's a really neat, just a neat little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And then one uh, more for... piece of trivia is that he uh, he he played the trombone in, in his teenage years, <laughs> and he was There's... very into classical music. It's, it's very timely. Which I think, to do that, which I think is really reflected music. in a lot of his in his melodies. They are, you know, just very very classically. Um, biased i feel like yeah they're not like poppy i mean like some like you get to the city and you might have a little bit of like some poppiness in there but for the most part the the compositions feel like you know uh more like you know classic melodic songs more than you're right ambient you know ambient is kind of the word that i would describe most of masuda's music is it's just atmospheric Yes, definitely, definitely. And I feel like so many, so many places uh, in the game that you go to, the music is such a big part. Like uh-huh. it really. Oh, absolutely. And, like, and you can play the game with the sound off and still have a great time. Like you know, if you're like me and you don't always have headphones and you're and you know you're on you're somewhere busy or you're at at uh, work on break or something and you just don't want to be blasting eight bit music <laughs> speakers <laughs> to everyone that could hear you. Um, you can you can still play the game with the sound off, but when you when you when you first play it, I think it's really important to play through every game fully with the sound on because you get those experiences. You know, you come to a new place and the music really sets the atmosphere. And Masuda is so good at that. Uh-huh. Absolutely, I think I, I, we're gonna do it right now. But I think just the first piece that we've ever heard in Pokemon, all of us can agree this is the first Pokemon music we've ever heard. And so let me get it started. Um, so it's it's the Pallet Town theme. Uh, because you, you start the game, this is where you go. It's, uh, yeah. it's Pallet Town. It, it's very familiar to all of us, and it's just it, it, it's just amazing music in general. I there's there's always that vibe of like iconic when it comes to any of the Gen One music. It's just you know it immediately. It's just like, oh, that's the battle theme. Oh, that's that specific town. Oh, that's me battling a gym leader. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think it's a it's definitely very nostalgic, especially this one in particular, just because this is I don't know it, it's it's where you started, and we all picked our first Pokemon. We all spent way too long trying to figure out how to make the game work because many of us were not literate to the point that we should have been. <laughs> well, uh, and it's all it also like it's a very calm, gives a very peaceful like vibe to it. The mm-hmm. the song. In Pallet Town, there is no danger in Pallet Town at all. There's, it's a very small village. You know, you get your first Pokemon. You have a battle, but the the music where you have the battle in is Professor Oak's lab, which is the da 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 da. But um, exactly. So it's it's a change, but Pallet Town gives you that like, oh, this is so nice and peaceful, and then you start off fresh, and then you hit Route One, and it's. It's like okay, I'm yep. I'm moving from this quiet town from my quiet, my you know my easy calm life, and it's just very like okay, you're on a journey now. Here's a march, 
and it gives you a march, and you and you march your way up to Viridian Man, City, and I you're like, you, oh, I kill I every Pigeon Rattata on the way. <laughs> but, I wish I had enough time because Route One music is honestly some of my favorite from all of Pokemon. But I wanted to try to do as much as we can today. Hopefully, we get to all of it. But uh-huh. I, I really want, I really want to just hit Pallet Town. I feel like that was very important. But Route One, man, that's yes. my jam. I had that on my, I had that on my like playlist, and I would just play it on a repeat going to class when I was an undergrad, <laughs> because that's your walking music, okay? That's funny. I, I almost... used to listen to the bicycling theme when I'd bike around Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost have to say, really I'd, almost, I'd almost have to say, as far as like the most memorable music when it comes to the first Pokemon games, it has to be a tie between Pallet Town's theme and the main battle theme. Oh no, well. it definitely, like, definitely. Like, like I said, it's just like all of a sudden this shift and it's like, you've got to focus now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I wish we could have included way more because uh, yeah, unfortunately we have like only so much time and we're already like seven minutes in. So I didn't want to, but uh, the next one I wanted to play is uh, what is de- deemed, I want to say deemed, and I don't want to put that in quotes, deemed to be the best Pokemon music um, in like any compositional sense of this from Gen 2. And I'm sure Bo probably knows what I'm talking about. Probably you as well, Viger. But it's uh, the National Park music from Gold and Silver. Mm-hmm. That's something that right. everybody just always... It's, it's very, like we were talking about with Junichi Masuda. I have some more upbeat songs on the way, but... Right now we have the, just like this soft melodic tone, and I mean it's fun to listen to. I think Gen Two overall has a better musical composition, just because I felt like they added in a few different things. It's eight bit still, so they were still limited, but I feel they... like they somehow took it to another level by it. Uh, what's the word? I want to say they, they maximize were... performance on the equipment that they have. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. This is this is pinnacle of the technology at the time. And Being played on a device that looked like a brick. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, another fun absolutely. fact about Junichi Masuda, he did not know how to play the keyboard when he first started playing. I actually believe that. For, for, uh, Only knew how to uh, play the trombone. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's a little bit different. I don't know. <laughs> I believe that. But uh, I, I, I want to listen to the whole thing, but I don't think we can, unfortunately. But I, I just wanted to do that one because it was a... It's just it's one of those better songs that you hear, and like you said, Bo, it is when you t- you finally perfected the art on the platform, and well, it's, it's a good it is. example of that. And they've got everything that like you know classical music has. It's got the it's got your rhythm, it's got the mm-hmm. the driving uh, beat, but then it's got your uh, your melody and your counter melody. Um, and I mean the both just flow so well together. Uh, I yeah, gorgeous piece, good pick. Uh, so we'll move on to Gen 3 then. Gen 3, uh, I chose this one because, honestly, I don't like Gen 3 that much. But Hashtag this trumpets. One, yeah, lots of trumpets. <laughs> a lot of trumpets. But this one was also probably the one that's most memorable to me, mostly because I grinded. Uh, so for those of you who aren't aware, this is the music for the Victory Road of Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Uh-huh. And we have mini trumpets, mini trumpets everywhere. Uh, because Gen 3, and that's what they could do, I guess. Well, it's uh, interesting because um, the 8-bit technology of the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color, you know, that's just that's just tones. That's just a keyboard, regular standard tones, where this, you can get uh, the Game Boy Advance, <clears throat> the sound card was able to produce different timbres. Because, like, you can hear yep. the difference between the sounds of drums and cymbals and the brass. You know, you can hear that difference. 
and that's why it's kind of funny that we yeah. like make fun of it for trumpets but it really was a pinnacle at the time because yeah before, I agree. all you were hearing is you know telephone boops now you can hear actual instruments and differentiate it and it sounds like you know uh, an orchestra playing which is you know i think it gets a lot of crap now because it is very just like <laughs> they finally got they finally got access to it so they're gonna use it yeah they're like we have a we have a much more powerful sound card let's go nuts and we also know that Jibushi Masuda had a fondness for the trumpet, so... Yeah. Trombone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trombone. He liked, he he liked a, his brass. He's a brass man. He's a brass man. As yeah. a trombonist myself, there is a clear difference to that. There, there is. I, I agree. And so, uh, moving on to what is my favorite generation. I So, there were it was really hard to pick out, like, a good piece here that, like, kind of sucked uh-huh. up me. This That's is where Gen I come 4. in. Yeah. Vi- <laughs> well, no, I've got, I've got one lined up right here. This is... So we were talking about root music earlier, and so I wanted to make sure we got a couple of root music in in with uh-huh. uh, this mix here. And so I feel like Diamond and Pearl probably had some of the best root music in Pokemon outside of Root One. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you play this one's uh, Root Two O Three. Oops, I played the wrong one. Uh, this is not Diamond and Pearl. This is it. This is Root Two O Three from Diamond and Pearl, and also Platinum. If, and, if there was one, if there was one thing that I could describe Diamond and Pearl music to be, it's that it would it was very techno-y. like it was a lot more like electronic, not in the sense of like yeah, and telephone boops and everything, but you can hear like synthesizers, you can hear electronic instruments being played, you can, you can tell that some actual computer work was put into kind of like mix and match and do all this other stuff. It isn't all these horns and all this percussion, but you can hear the electronic in it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm just happy they turned that trombone knob just down, or the trumpet <laughs> down. You know. Like, yeah. What, I think I think what uh, I think is uh, the biggest um, standout point for Gen Four compared to Gen Three specifically is Gen Three was boom super in your face with it. This is a mm-hmm. lot more mellow. It's just a lot more toned back. I it kind of goes back to that Gen One feel that we were talking about and how everything right. was super mellow. And it was yeah. just kind of there to, it was kind of there, the word is to festoon the uh, the environment that you're in. And this is kind of what it is. Like like you said, though, Gen 3 was kind of in your face about the music being a big part of the game. And here, it's just, it kind of, it kind of goes back to, like, somewhere in the, in, it goes in the back. It's definitely part of the experience of playing Pokemon, but it's definitely not as important to the experience, yeah. I would say. Right. If it was... Okay, I was just going to say, Gen 4 has some of the, uh, as much as I love it, has some of the least iconic music of the franchise, I feel like. Because they, I, I don't know, I feel like they were trying to tone it back some. And and it's enjoyable, it's just not as memorable. Yeah. I could agree with that. There, there was one piece that I always remember. When the first time I heard it in Diamond and Pearl, it was just super, like, complete 180 to what pokemon usually was and it was mainly because nobody was able to hear it under normal circumstances but that's the battle theme when you encounter arceus and Mm -hmm. that's always just been like a huge change in what it was with pokemon and everything so this next one is from uh, black and white 2 because black and white was awful and we all agree and so (laughs) I just played uh, through it. I genuinely, I enjoyed it a lot more this time. Actually, and- you're, I, I agree. If you play through it, not as like a fresh experience. I think in my mind, if you go into it knowing that Gen 6 exists, 
you're gonna have a better time. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly, I think that because then you're just like, oh, this is a nice vacation from a typical Pokemon game. But when at the time you're just like, oh, so this is Pokemon now, right? And you're just yeah. like, I hope they don't screw up anymore. And you get really scared <laughs> that your favorite franchise is under under like under attack. But now, now I can look back and be like, oh, it's a nice fresh experience, you know. I I'll go out there and I'll drop the truth bomb on me. Basically, black and white is my golden silver. It was my second iteration into the Pokemon world, and it was my second journey. So I'm like, I love this. I love all of it. First time. <laughs> all right. So I'm a simple I, man with simple tastes. The one that I chose here was the champion song from Black and White 2 when you play Iris. Um, it's a little bit more intense, um, but it's a, it's a nice battle theme. I, th- we finally hit battle themes in like my selections because I wanted to make sure that we had some kind of battle themes. Uh, but this yeah. one's a little bit it's a little bit more sparkly because th- this is honestly Gen 5 music in the entirety. Just... Magical Girl was what was coming to mind with me. When I, you're when I hear you're this. not wrong. You're just not because wrong. of what Iris looks like when you fight her, it's very like fitting almost. Wow, that's like that's an incredibly apt description that I did not think of, but you're exactly right that this is what it is. It's Magical Girl the music it's just let me <laughs> let me turn into my magical girl form right now <laughs> all my dragon pokemon and oh you've got yeah. a nice type dang it yep well she did she had like lucario no she didn't have lucario i'm thinking cynthia I, no she did have yeah. lucario i think you're thinking of an actual champion <laughs> iris was <laughs> actually one of the toughest champions i think she was tough, i remember um one thing that's really interesting about this is you can like hear the this from other tracks but yeah yeah even well it's like you said it's like you said it's like going from diamond and pearl to black and white is the equivalent of going from red and blue to um gold and silver and so they've gotten to the point where they can perfect the hardware right so they can actually do something now i don't know if i would call this pinnacle of what was this ds no this definitely isn't pinnacle of ds the ds had a sweet sound card compared to the gba Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Their games with voice acting. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I'm going to cut this one off. But um, what? so the next one I chose was for X and Y. And this is only because so, – so if I were to like rank nostalgia that I feel from generations, it would probably be like Gen 2, Gen 4, but then Gen 6. Because Gen 6 is really when like Puckle took off. And that's when we were really doing a lot of Puckle stuff with that. And so in Gen 6, we got this awesome, like, battle music. This is just, like, generic trainer battle. And so I want to just, like, drop a fun fact here. So, like, there's an anime version of this. And they only use that in the Sun and Moon anime for trainer battles now. Like, in the Sun and Moon (laughs) anime, they are using the Gen 6, like, tracks. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Yeah. I I noticed that. Yeah, I was watching the Sun and Moon anime because it's on Netflix now. And I noticed that. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't the Sun and Moon battle track. This is the X and Y battle track. What are they doing? And I, I find it really interesting. because so I really sneaky. Well, the only reason I know it is because there's such a hot, hard emphasis on, like, the guitar work in the battle music in X and Y. Yeah. Which I thought was – which is really nice because, one, the 3DS gave you the capability to just be like, yeah, let's just record music and put it on the, on the device. And, and that's what they did here, obviously. But it's, it's really nice. <laughs> And like I thought, the guitar was really nice. It was very, it was a nice way to upscale Pokemon music, in my opinion, in Gen Six, to, to do something like this. And, yeah. 
Uh, I was really upset because this all got removed when you went to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and we were always doing viewer battles on stream on Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And I'm like, but I want to listen to the XMY music when I do the battle. Yeah. But I can't. <laughs> there was some... Never mind. Well, that's not this episode. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Wrong they episode. just kept X and Y things, put them in Oraz. It probably would have been the best Pokemon game ever. Honestly, no you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not would have been the best game ever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to cut this one off because I want to go to uh, Gen 7 real quick. But uh, So for Gen 7, I chose another battle track only because I had a hard time choosing my Gen 7 music because it was either like some kind of like generic RPG town theme, essentially, or it was something mm-hmm. that was just like, hey, guess what? We based this on Hawaii right in your face. And right. so that, that, that's, the, that's Sun and Moon for you. And so yeah. what I chose was the uh, the Tapu battle theme, only Ooh, because good, I, good choice. I think they handled it really well, because it, the Tapus are supposed to be these deities you know, on these islands. I think this music yeah. kind of contains that awe of like, oh, yeah. I'm about to fight like a god, right? And I really, I really like that because it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's not Hawaiian, it's not Pokemon, it's different. Yeah, well, it's like you can hear the drums, you can hear the chanting, you can hear that something powerful is here. Yeah. Well, it's got, I like, really an like uppity hip-hop beat to it, like the... Well, because it's a battle also got, like, the... But it does, it does have, like, almost a little bit of a tribal feel to it, just the way that, like, the um, the voice, the voice parts come in, like mm-hmm. the... Whoa, 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 whoa! Chanting, I don't know what they're yeah. saying. The chanting, there you go. Yeah. Um... But it, it does have like that na- like natural slash supernatural feel to it. Like it feels like not modern, like the rest of the uh, Alola is. Like it's all it's yeah. all natural and beautiful, but everything is built up. But the temples are just old old school temples, and I think the music mm-hmm. does a really good job of reflecting that. That like how ancient the Tapus actually are. Like yeah, the people have advanced and built these great cities but the tapus are still the same tapus trying to defend their islands and yeah really really shows off that i don't know i, I loved these tracks in the games like i would go fight the tapus over and over again just to hear it mm-hmm. i think there's a i think this is a really really good uh track in general just like i said though the rest of the music in x and y or not x and y sun and moon in my opinion was just like very it was either not memorable or in your face hawaii yeah and yeah i hope i i hope in the next game they learn from that only because I think my biggest complaint from Sun and Moon was just that it was in-your-face Hawaii almost the entire time. And I'm hoping the next game is much more subtle about the region it's based on. Like, Unova was great because, like, obviously it's based on America, based on New York City. But they weren't in-your-face about, by the way, we're in America, you know? Yeah. Some of the stuff is pretty there, there, were, there were a like a there were a couple there were a couple things but like sun and well, moon I, was hard, banking on it hard i mean yeah. right but but you you brought up the point earlier that like replaying gen 5 is kind of like taking a vacation from pokemon still with yeah. pokemon i think it will go back to this and really appreciate it in future generations like eight or nine you know you come back to sun and moon you're like Oh, I'm taking a, a beach vacation. Oh, look at all this nice, you know, the beach music, beach themes, all this. You know, it's You're all probably right. I, I think it, I think it will be like something like that. That it's not, and like Sun and Moon are definitely memorable, but I don't think they're gonna. You know, I think they'll probably be brought back to as like a. I want to play Pokemon, but I don't want to necessarily be in a big city like in Gen Five or uh, mm-hmm. Australia like in Gen Three. <laughs> 
That makes sense. So, that really makes. You're not an Australian Gen Three, by the way. You're definitely in Japan. You'll know you're in Australia when you start hearing the prominent use of didgeridoos everywhere. That's oh, when man, you know you'll be, be in Australia. Gen eight, Gen eight didgeridoo music. There we go. It'll get a seven. It'll get a seven point eight on IGN. Not enough water. <laughs> just the entire region is just the bush of Australia. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that other half that, that nobody copy in. Paints it. That would be difficult enough to navigate. You start off the game with the sandstorm-proof goggles. Instead of running shoes, you get go goggles right away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's going to be it for the the topic today, guys. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. And last time on Dedenes of Our Lives, Ivy Storm was still trying to find out who the father of her child was. Ivy Storm! She knew that it could be Charmeleon's son, but they'd also had an affair with Chansey. Charmeleon! Chansey! Chansey! And meanwhile, Meowstick and Baneary were seeing each other behind Gallade's back. Meowstick! Baneary! Gallade! Gallade! Join us for the fist-clenching heart-wrenching season finale of Dedenes of Our Beautifies. Pokemon of the Episode. And welcome to the Pokemon of the Episode. The Pokemon of the Episode this week is National Dex number 648, Meloetta, the Melody Pokemon. It's Pokemon Black, Pokedex entry states... Its melodies are sung with a special vocalization method that can control the feelings of those who hear it. Boom. Meloetta is in the RU tier, and it's one of the few Pokemon that's got, like... So, Pokemon did this thing in... It started, like, at the end of Gen 5, where they're just like, man, you know what would be great on every Pokemon? Some kind of normal typing. And that's what they did here. Meloetta's got a normal psychic type... uh, typing but it can also get a different form by using the move relic song which makes it a normal fighting type pokemon uh, this pokemon is in the ru tier though however mostly because its speed stats kind of poopy if you look at it so in in the normal form when it's in its base form it has a base 100 hp base 77 attack base 77 defense base 128 special attack which isn't too shabby base 128 special defense which also isn't too shabby coupled with the base 100 hp but a 90 speed. And so 90 speed, I found, is like a really hard cutoff. However, if you go to the pirouette form, which is the normal fighting, however, I believe, I'm not uh, entirely sure on the mechanics here, but I believe the mechanics uh, say that this can only happen in battle. You can only get the normal type, uh, the normal fighting type form in battle. But if you get that, you get a base 128 attack with a base 128 speed. It would be phenomenal if you could just get that as a base form, but I don't believe you can. So that's really sad. However, Z-moves exist, so everything got better. <laughs> so so the best way to run Meloetta is just keep it the Psychic type. Uh, you run Calm Mind, Psychic, Focus Blast, Shadow Ball. Calm Mind's a great move. You run Timid, 252 Special Attack, 252 Speed, and you slap a Fighting Z on it, and then you can Focus Blast it. or You can all-out pummeling something to death, which would be great. Um, now, if you want to use it, though, I, I'm, not, I'm not too up on the RU tier, so I apologize if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure Nidoking Queen's pretty big in in uh in what's it called? In O in RU. And my personal favorite way to run Nidoking Queen is to run it with a choice scarf. And so that would outrun your Meloetta. And that could be bad because you get something like a sucker punch even. 
coming into your Meloetta with that base 77 defense, which wouldn't be good. Uh, so you, you want to be able to take something out like that. So something like Gligar or Rotom, uh, I believe Rotom Mo can actually handle Nidoqueen, if I believe Rotom Mo's an RU. I'm not 100% sure. Um, Mismagis is also a huge problem, though you do have that you do have that normal typing, so it's not a complete problem, but it can still carry Dark Pulse. Um, so definitely keep that eyes out for that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, did you like that competitive analysis, Bo? I'm sure you learned it. <laughs> Very good. I, I didn't pay attention. I was reading trivia. Uh, were you reading <laughs> trivia? Well, yeah, you have well, to also to look it. at... So Meloetta hasn't gotten a card in forever in the TCG, it turns out. Yeah, since, like, Legendary Treasure? Uh, it got an, it got a promo in Exit. Oh, it's actually in Breakthrough. Never mind, I lied. There's a Breakthrough mm. card. It's actually in Rotation. Check this out. It's not good, but uh, it's Meloetta. It's a fighting type because they put it in this pirouette form. And for 90 HP, so, you know, real, real high HP there, but it's basic. Okay, so, killing it. Uh, so... Accelerating spin for a colorless energy. Um, it attach two fighting type energies from your discard pile to this Pokemon. Then switch this Pokemon with one of your bench Pokemon. Ooh. Um, and so then its second attack is called Prima Rondo for a fighting and two colorless. And this attack does 60 damage. Plus, if this Pokemon has any psychic energy attached to it, this attack does 50 more damage. So this card's useless. That's from my understanding. It's just absolutely useless. It sounds useless yeah man i'm just waiting for dual type decks to come back into the standard it's getting there like it's it's definitely becoming like a new thing that people are doing now like i think the most popular one recently and i'm not on the tcg cast regularly so these guys will probably tell me i'm wrong but i mean the tapu bolu vika volt that was popular last year is like a good example of that kind of starting to leak into the meta these dual type decks and i'm very hmm but but it, I it, I guess I guess for a while it kind of was very mono. But I mean, it was it was it, very it, mono for a while. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I mean, I'm like going through decks in my head, and I'm like Genesec no, Verizian. No, no, that was all grass. That was all grass. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, that's my point. Uh, I'm thinking like Lapras is all water. Metagross is all steel. Yep. Volcanion. Even though Volcanion is fire water, it's all fire. Yeah, the whole deck's fire. It's, <laughs> uh, Gardevoir is all fairy now, and fairy. It, I mean, but you do occasionally get these other decks that'll leak in. Like the Umbreon Espeon deck, it wasn't a good deck, uh, I don't think. It was a decent deck. I mean, it, it, was, it was basically <laughs> a tier two deck. It, it was, yeah. it was a good deck. It just wasn't. It wasn't going to win anything. Exactly. So <clears throat> I, I agree with you entirely. So you have to. I mean, you, you have to play like a bigger deck, a mono type deck right now, just because it's faster. But I'm hoping that we can get to a point where we can get dual type decks back into like. I want to see a tier one dual type deck. That's what I want to see. And maybe that already exists, and maybe I'm stupid. So I would like to be proven that I'm stupid, because then I okay. will run only that deck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, uh, Meloet's name may be a combination of Melody and Pirouette, which is a movement huh. in ballet. Etta is also a common feminine Italian suffix, meaning little, and may refer to Meloetta's feminine appearance and diminutive size. Little little Ooh. fun little fact for you. Uh, Meloetta is also the lightest of all fighting type Pokemon. Ooh. Yeah. Too bad you're using it as a psychic type most of the time anyway. Yep. yep. <laughs> Mostly because yep. it's like a nice little gimmick move that you have, and that's about it. Yep. Uh, also, also in Meloetta's uh, Aria form, um, mm-hmm. her, her mic 
piece is shaped like a treble clef, and her hair, if you look at it, is like staff ah, you're lines right. on a oh music page. Yeah, no, actually, Super neat. So actually, both I, forms are like that. Yeah, I don't know if you ever paid attention to that one time we were talking about Magirna a couple of years ago when it was announced, yeah. and I was talking about yeah. how you can identify was, mythicals by yeah, their. I'm pretty sure it was art. on that episode, and you blew my oh. mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. So, but if you actually look at the official artwork from Meloetta, um, like go to the top of the Bulbapedia page and you go to the official artwork, you actually can see in her hair there's notes on like her music and sheet. There's five. there's five of them. Yeah. Boom. Blowing your mind, right? So what are they? Uh, I don't I don't know because I'm not a musician. G- I I just G-B. play one on TV. They're G B G D B. If we're Is in that- class. Is there a hidden message in there about Gen 8? Is there a hidden message in the music notes? And Mellow Gen 5 like, remix confirmed. <laughs> Which, if you if you shift all of those letters by 20 numbers in the alphabet, it spells out switch. <laughs> Direction, individually. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you move those letters by a certain number, each one by a different one individually, you can get the word switch, and that's the important thing to know that Pokemon's coming to the switch. Or the uh, fifth gen. Well, alphabetically, yes. G7 beats two. So seven, oh my two, gosh, you're so seven, done. Four, two. What's it? What? Well, seven, seven minus two is five. Plus seven is 12. Oh my minus gosh. Four is, oh, he's going minus off. four is eight. <laughs> so oh, did you know in Diamond minus, and Pearl? Minus two the, is six. Gen, Gen six remakes confirmed. That's it. Whoa. Did you know that? Did you know that? The, did you know that the Diamond and Pearl remakes, or not the Diamond, the Diamond and Pearl games in the Pokemon Center, the Pokeballs on the floor are gold and silver. So therefore, there must be Gen Two remakes coming. I don't know if that's true, but it happened. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. I thought we were just talking about Meloetta, but now we're going into conspiracy theories within her hair. Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. This Only, is Paco Podcast, everybody. Yeah, welcome we to the show. We go crazy a bit. Welcome to the show now that you're an hour and a half in. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, I think that's <laughs> yeah. where we're gonna, just going to wrap up, Bella. If you want to hear more awesome Pokemon stuff, you can go check out PacoPodcast.com, where all of our writers write awesome articles about everything all the time. We're going to kick it on over then, guys, to the mailbag segment. Time for the mailbag. Send in your emails. The mail's here. Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. Mail! And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by the energy drink, Green Toros. The energy drink that gives you hooves. Hoops. There it is. That was solid. That was like really good. Have you been working out just to like get that kind of like like diaphragm muscle to just do I that? Sw- I could have oh, yeah, you know, standing I've, up and flexing at the same time as he said I've, that. I've become a total bro as of recently. Like I wear a chain now. I'm growing my hair out. And, like I'm puffing my chest and I go hoops. Like real. He's growing his hair out, just not on his face anymore. Nope. You should do that I've in public. What? Just go the up to random thing. strangers and go, Green Toros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 100%. We should more commercials for that because I'm feeling spicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. New so, cinnamon flavor. 
It's a fire type. <laughs> Welcome to the mailbag segment, the part of the show where we read listener emails. You can always send us an email at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. We typically have a prompt. Last week, we wanted to know what jobs you would have in the Pokemon universe. This week, though, we want to know what your favorite music is. We only got to do seven tracks. There's literally hundreds. So we definitely missed your favorite track. That's what I'm trying to say. So let us know what it is. And maybe you'll hear it on the show next week. So we're going to go ahead and jump into these emails, though. Our first one is going to be from Red7. And I believe Bo is going to read this one. Howdy. This is Red7. Founder and CEO of Sinnoh's very own Absol Insurance. We specialize in a wide range of insurance packages for your everyday Pokemon-related catastrophes. We all know that one of the problems with living in the Pokemon world is property damage. Whether some unaware trainers decide to battle a little too close to your domicile, or an absent-minded Abomasnow happens to wander too close to a neighborhood and cause some hail damage to your roof, Absol Insurance is your one-stop shop for all your insurance needs. Is your home flooded by the folly of a floatzel surf or under 20 feet of rubble from an earthquake from a raging Rampardos? Suffering fire damage after a a sizzling sneeze from a semi-sneer with the sniffles? We at Absol Insurance (laughs) understand the headache that many families face once Pokemon come to visit. It's our duty to cover your home and livelihood with protection that would put a fortress to shame. I didn't know I should have been doing like tongue twister warm ups before reading this Red Seven. <laughs> yeah, your right? alliterations are fantastic. What's that? You say you want to make sure that your policy includes coverage against the dastardly deeds of a regional evil e- evil organization? Absol Insurance is committed to covering your homes against all consuming heat of a primal Groudon's desolate land or the damaging deluge of Kyogre's primordial sea. Is Team Plasma hovering over your city in a suspicious-looking pirate ship? Are they shooting ice beams at your gym leader and encasing your homes and loved ones in pillars of ice? We have it covered! Did a weird space-like cult blow up your local lake, sending debris and Magikarp flying into your yard? Well, we're here to help. We also cover losses originating from legendary Pokémon and Ultra Beasts. Was your business recently toppled by the tumultuous tantrum of Tapu Bulu's tirade? Did a guzzlord eat your dog? Absol Insurance <laughs> has your back. That's a pretty solid one. Special coverages. <laughs> that, last one. <laughs> that last one. That last one. Guzzlord eat your dog. One of the special coverages we now offer is life insurance policies for the special trainer in your heart. Many of us send our children. Oh my God. Many of us send our children <laughs> into the wild <laughs> and fend for themselves at a ridiculously young age so that they become the very best. Unfortunately. We are sometimes left waiting in an empty home, never to hear from our trainers again. Whether it be the untimely avalanche caused by an avalug in the snow-capped mountains of Kalos, or a sand pit created by a famished trap pinch in the deserts of Hoenn. Our life insurance policies are there to cover any Pokemon-related loss of life you may sustain. So if you fall down a ravine, you're just... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or like get <it>, cancer <laughs> that was a little bad sorry uh, family owned and operated Absol Insurance is there to help you through your hard times and take care of you when disaster strikes so give us a call today or visit us in new offices in Kalos, Unova and now in Kanto Absol Insurance providing absolute peace of mind can I just point out the irony of Absol Insurance being that I think that's the Absol's point. have the ability that's the point to of it all. 
natural disasters so they could just bump their premiums up every time a natural disaster is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. That's perfect. And then, That's then perfect. when it's clean times, you just you just lower the premiums because it's free money. All right. So this next email is going to be from Coop. There it is. I, and I've got this one. <laughs> I'm going to suffer through it for you, Coop. <coughs> Hello, good Puckalonians. Also, hello to Viger, and, um, wait, only Viger? Oh, well, nobody else matters, I guess. This has been something I've been thinking of for quite some time. (laughs) I even tried to commission a picture on the topic. Sadly, that never panned out. Though my current profession, which I am very proud that I make the world a little more green one house at a time, a knack for technology bringing me more in line to an electric trainer. If you saw me in the Pokemon world, you you would see... You have been challenged by Worker Coop. To work with a Pokemon in a field like Electrician or H- or HVAC and have something like a Rotom in your phone to jump between units and help analyze what's going on. This would be so cool as you could get things like the schematics and specs from Rotom bringing up the data. Any potential faults with the wiring ensure there are things you would have to do like pressures and, sw- and such. To have a multimeter as a Pokemon is just one of the best things I can think of. Not to mention, I like picturing inside of its Pokeball would be a toaster oven that I throw into the air that it takes over. Since legends wouldn't be common, wouldn't be commonplace, having a Machamp to help with the heavy loads, like hauling a condenser up on top onto a roof, and being able to uh, being viable enough to top cut 2016 shows its viability without the top boost. Not to mention, its no-guard ability is amazing combined with wide guard, would throw most of the world off. Tokenomaru, with its lightning rod, to keep, my, to keep me safe and ground out potential threats while keeping me safe on the rainy day in good old sunny Florida. Not to mention the fake-out the fake out support. Probably to round out my team of four, considering apparently in the, world of, in the Pokemon world, we would never be allowed to have a team of six. I would need to have my favorite mon, a Mimikyu. Not only would it, the trick room support be nice, and the number of people who try who just try to set up in my face only to get psych up played and make them cry. The best part of Mimikyu is the ability to get a high five anytime I made a really stupid joke would be the best. I mean, I never thought of what Pokemon could do to make my job better and all, at all, ever. So what Pokemon would you like to have by your side to make your job easier? Would you have a Pokemon that would have more for cuddly slash silly reasons? And would you have a Rotom in your phone? Also, as a little PSA, don't fall for the ploys of rehashed news on the Switch. It's really ramping up at the time, and until we get new news, there isn't much to go off of. Also, my money is in the boat of it not coming out in 2018, and about all we can hope for is the next cute mod to come out with the movie. Take care, Coop. Oh, um, man. I have to say, I super, like, I have an electrician background. Like, I do HVAC. <clears throat> I mean, not currently, but that's what I have my uh, schooling in. Um, having a road tom in my meters would be so awesome. You just, like, train him to understand how circuits work, and then you plug him in, and he just runs through the circuit, and, like, oh, there's a, there's a faulty wire there because I couldn't go through it. Like, that'd be so great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't pass through it, so you need to fix it. Like, oh, you'd man, still have to do all cool. the work, but he would, just, he would just make it way more fun. He would just make it easier to identify the problem. 
And so, you said the thing on uh, getting things up to the roof. Uh, any Pokemon with Magnet Rise could totally raise a roof unit onto like any building. That'd be that's awesome. That's true. Yep. Man, for me to like make my job easier, I've I've actually said this to my actual lab mates before. It's not Pokemon specifically, but any Pokemon that I I could sh- that are like small and that I could fit into their own <laughs> spacesuit. Um, uh-huh. So. Well, we what we work on in my in my lab and in my field is we it's called ultra high vacuum, and so we know you're is, making miniature black holes. For fun. No, that's not me. That's a different. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different physics. Wrong physics. That's a different room. That's down the hall. And so, uh, I, that's high. That's high energy physics. I'm condensed matter physics. There's a difference. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, Viger. Go get a doctorate, nerd. <laughs> and so, there's a. There's a inside the in, so the, these things are like uh, the equivalent is a trillionth of an atmospheric pressure inside. So like there's no air for you to breathe if you go inside of them. And so what happens is we we move these things around with like magnets and stuff like that. And so there's a probability that we drop a sample or drop something inside the ultra vacuum, which requires us to vent the whole thing. Then you go pull, pull it out, and then you got to seal it all back up. And then you have to do what's called a bake-out, and it takes an extra 48 hours to essentially just heat up your chamber so that there's no water vapor inside of it, so that you can still get down to a trillionth of an atmosphere. So that's the... Uh, that. So I really just want something that can like either hold its breath for a really long... Maybe a ghost type. A ghost type would probably make this th- stuff easier. They could like shove my stuff to They're the right place. Dead. They don't need to hold their breath anymore. They don't need to hold their breath anymore. So maybe something like that. A ghost type. Like something small. Like a Shuppet or something. Maybe a Dusk. I, I was just thinking Shuppet. Shuppets yeah. are kind of small. Yeah, that, that's, There we go. There's the answer. Ooh, Mischievous. Mischievous would also be good. And it's adorable. That's true. I don't know what kind of Pokemon I would be able to use in my line of work. I'm just an assistant manager at a gas station right now. So maybe like a very charismatic Pokemon to deal with all the Hull Lord people coming into the store. Doing just something like is. something super have, cute. So I do. Yeah, I'm similar to you. Uh, I do retail management. I would just have a Machamp. Like, first of all, forearms. He can lift all the heavy stuff that I don't like lifting. He can lift all the beer that everyone's buying. Right. Yeah, well, no, I don't. <laughs> that's that's me. So, OK. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then he could also probably stock shelves really well because he's got four arms. Um. <laughs> And then also, <laughs> if I ever have an angry customer, they'll be like, can I can I speak to your manager? Like, no, but you can speak to my Machamp. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, never mind. My Machamp, and I am the manager. Yeah, right. So I am the manager, but you can speak to my Machamp if you want. Uh, all right, so this next one is uh, from Shira. Hey, Thatch and Phantasmalistic co-host. It was fun hearing what occupations you'd like to be if you were in the Pokemon universe. I really like Maximus's ideas, especially the one with the car- that was the cartographer. Ca- oh my gosh, I couldn't say the word. For me, even though I try to get good at VGC, I don't think I'd be a trainer for some of the reasons which Whimsicott also mentioned. I'd probably be a Pokemon breeder who maybe specialized in ice types, or for you more outgoing, or uh, for more, you more outgoing and nature appreciative side of me, a Pokemon ranger. I really love those games. You can always get a new wrist, right? And Ukulele Pikachu could play us music all day. I find VGC 18 to be much harder than last year, but I did manage to get second in the March International Championship in Denmark, even though my rating was not high. I played with my Glaceon team, which is quite fun. I'm going to release it as a QR code soon so others can try it. 
I'm not very impressed by Zeraora. The design is cool enough, though. Would mix it up if we could see some of these legendaries in action. Did you see that regular Audino got third place in the Portland Regionals? That's pretty cool. I'm still working on my female shiny hidden ability Eevee for an Emerald Espeon. It's taking a while. I did get my shiny Zekrom from Alpha Sapphire, though, and my sinker failed. I was going for Adamant, but by some insane luck, I got Jolly, the only other usable nature. So thank goodness. Kyrum is next. Then I have the, tri- the trio in shiny form. Thanks for now, and thanks for the great podcast. Regards, Shira. Oh, man, we do have time. Perfect. Who wants to, who wants to grab this last one from Viking? Uh, let's go with Bo. 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 Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> Read this last email. I was email. volunteering to take it the whole time. <laughs> take it. Okay. What? What are you saying to me? You take Viking's email. Yeah, I was going to. You just interrupted do me. It. <laughs> Good day, Thatch, Viger, and at the time of this draft, Bozephus. <laughs> to address the mailbag topic, as a member of the armed forces, the idea of being a soldier in the Pokemon world intrigues me. We know that there is a military force in the Pokemon world, specifically my boy Mayor Bob, the Lightning American, served in the United States Army before moving to Vermilion City. Uh, it actually says Mayor Bob. It's Major Bob. It says Major, Major Bob. That's a J. Major Bob. <laughs> I was hoping. Sorry, I don't. I was hoping you Let me put on my glasses. <laughs> and you messed it so, up a second time. <laughs> because Major Bob I'm was his name in the French glasses. games, and that was part of the trivia last week. What? Uh, Major Bob is Lieutenant Surge's French name, like in the French Pokemon game. I did. And ah. that was part of the trivia last week. There's another obscure Major fix Bob. for you. That is, that is definitely an American name. <laughs> Major Bob. Uh, God, that's oh God, so glad we got Lieutenant Surge, though. <laughs> All right, keep it going. I don't know. What, what do you think about in the anime, like, how intimidating Lieutenant Surge is? And they're like, I'm Major Bob. You got to remember in the anime, he had this Boston accent because his ride shoe was so great. It's me, Major Bob. What of it? Was it? it I don't know Boston. He had, it was, he had it was definitely act. New England. Though. He had a New England. He's a little baby. Yeah, he had like yeah, that's a North it. Eastern accent. That's it. <laughs> keep, go, keep going with the keep going back to it. Here's how I imagine it. We're... Packed like sardines in the back of a military aircraft. Green light flashes. Climb on the back of my trusty Charizard and we exit the aircraft at 800 meters AGL. We soar down toward the objective. We're taking anti-aircraft fire. Charizard mega evolves and brightens the sky, revealing the enemy gun positions. We strafe an enemy AA with a solar beam, rendering it, rendering one, but not all guns, inoperable. In the process, Charizard takes some shrapnel from a flak burst, and we make an emergency landing. Someone needs to take out those guns! After a quick wish, uh, wish pass from my medic Gardevoir, the squad and I get our weapons ready, and we send out our army-issued Rhyhorn for transport. The Rhyhorn uh, cavalry charges the fortified gun position. Rhyhorn's rockhead makes an excellent battering ram, so our lead man breaches the outer wall of the compound with double-edge. A firefight ensues, but we manage to neutralize the enemy whilst utilizing Rhyhorn's rocky exterior as cover from enemy fire uh, from small arms. There are two hostiles holed up in a fortified position. My grenadier tosses his Voltorb to finish him off. 
Finally, Slugma's flame body works just like thermite to melt down and destroy the remaining guns. Drop zone secure, mission accomplished. After my tour in the army, I'll retire to my Pokemon Ranch. Timely. There I was. <laughs> We've come full circle. Interest. We've come full circle today. <laughs> There I will spend my later years as a Pokemon breeder. My dream job. Every so often, I'll see Haley, and she'll bring me Pokemon to trade. After a decade or two, I will finally get that Mew, and life will be complete. Long days and pleasant nights. Viking. P.S. That was a solid email. Yeah, it was. Vigorons versus Kamalas this week. Go Vigorots! Yeah, Draft League. Yay! All right. <laughs> this that email just basically sums up the need for like what would it be like if we got like Pokemon Cross Call of Duty as an actual video game? Please don't. Because <laughs> how would that even work? I don't know as a even... game, but like maybe as a maybe as an arc. Yeah, I, don't I, I wouldn't know. do if it you... in the mainstream anime. But I think got like I a think... like just a weird four part special. Like yeah, we'll go look at generations. If you look at Generations, well, one yeah, of the first they, ones yeah, when Liquor was breaking into stuff, the... It's all yeah. pretty short. I'm just yeah, talking it, like... like I understand. Like they did origins for some different characters. And it wouldn't even have to be like, you know, uh, as far as like the red and blue origins were. But it'd be cool to get like Sabrina origins and Lieutenant Surge origins and so, so what you want origins, you know? So what you want is Pokemon Chronicles to come back. That's what yeah, you want. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's that's all. You, got, that, that's that's got, exactly what you described. We got Jimmy. We got some <laughs> Butch and Cassidy. We got some. I mean, I've been some, trying some to. I've action. I've been meaning to do a Chronicles episode for literally the entirety of this show, and we've never done one. We've never and done one. No, or we did I, on the Legend of Maybe. Thunder. I'm pretty sure we did. Maybe on the Legend of Thunder, but never on the whole thing. Not on whole. not on the all the Chronicles, but yeah. I'm, Maybe Legend of Thunder. But that's Legend not it. Of Thunder. All right, that guys. Was one so that of the is going to arcs in Pokemon anime history, actually. Yeah, not not relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to be it for this week of, of the podcast. If you want to send an email in, you can do so by sending it into pucklepodcast at gmail dot com. You can send it in, and our question, like I said, is what is your favorite piece of music from the Pokemon uh, game series? Let us know. Send an email into pucklepodcast at gmail.com if you want to do get more puckly goodness though throughout the week you can do so by following us on our social medias you can check us out on facebook twitter and reddit you can find all those on pucklepodcast.com you should also come and hang out with us during the week on our discord server the link to invite to that is in the show notes as well as on our website pucklepodcast.com as well as Make sure you check out our streams, which are at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. You can come and watch Jushira and I uh, play our respective games. He'll play TCG, I'll play video game. We do intend to have that stream once again with us playing video game and, uh, and TCG, but unfortunately it didn't work out this week because of moving circumstances, because I have to move, it turns out. Uh, also, if you want to help support the show, you can do so in a couple of ways. First of all, you could go to T Public. T Public is a great place to go and buy some awesome Pokemon merchandise. Anything you buy on our store, which has a link in the show notes below, goes and helps out the podcast. And we appreciate all of your support, however you can give it. Uh, the other way is by going to Twitch. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, you have a free Twitch subscription, and you could go ahead and just use that on us if you haven't already. And we would appreciate that. That gives us an extra two dollars every month. You do that. You do have to re-up it every month, which is unfortunate, but we would appreciate it if you took the time to do it. 
And finally, uh, more directly, you could go to patreon.com slash Pucko Podcast, where we have a list of tiers, including a live show that we're going to be doing next weekend. Uh, if you are a member, if you are a patron, we're going to be doing a live show. You are allowed to come on as a member of the patron Patreon. So definitely check that out. We appreciate all of the support we get from you guys, though. Even if you don't support us, we also appreciate you just taking the time to listen and hang out with us. So uh, I guess here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, I'm Trainer Thatch. I'm Bubba Bobosifus. I'm Viger. It's closing time. As always, we'd like to thank our patrons who make all of the awesome things we do here at Puckle possible. So here we go. Thank you to Declan, Dark Flame, Ten Little Men, Duly Noted, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Locke, Shamu, Manga87, Snag, Jushiro, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Minor Minetric, Claude9, Chris, John, R Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Jestern, The Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawott, Trevor, TJ, Dexio, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Richard, Daniel, Traby, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Kenneth, The British Gent, Sparky, Brian, Rotted, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Jedi DJ, Antonio, Dennis, Anime Gravy, Travis, Mark, Beaverlaw, Inferno, and Air, and The Real EV. My apologies. And thank you guys for all of you. Uh, you make everything possible here at Puckle. Hopefully we'll be able to do a live show on the 28th. Uh, it's TBA right now because I might be moving into a new house or at least walking through it. So I will try to do a live show with you guys this month. And I hope to catch you guys all on the flip flop. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.